Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 31. It's me, Bill T., your host. And guess what? On today's podcast, we're talking about new VW buses. That's right. Your boy, Bill T., is the first one to bring it to the table. I got Chris Baker from Classic Steel Bodies. They build the new VW bus. That's right. You can buy patch panels or you can buy a whole bus. All your questions are answered, or at least most of them, let's hope. But yeah, I appreciate the support of the podcast. Thanks for everybody for doing what you can for me. Um, I did want to reach out to some of our latest people that have put some uh, that have updated and given us five stars on Apple Podcast Review. Uh, first, let me see. I got Sam from the Bus Barn Limited Company. He gave us five stars, and he's been in the VWC for about six years. He's got a little place in, uh, I think it's in Arkansas. He's out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, he's got a place there doing VW buses, and he's loving the podcast. Um, also, Brother Bob. Superfly Silver Fox. He says, Volkswagens have souls. Thanks for doing this and share with all VW folks. Support Let's Talk Dubs. I like I like the way he's thinking. Also, Jeff Pierce 36. Sweet, he says. This is the podcast. He's been waiting for a very knowledgeable and it's it's very knowledgeable and it never disappoints. So hopefully that's the way you guys are feeling about it. I really am enjoying doing this and I've been stacking some really, really good interviews coming up for you guys. So Believe me, the people you want to hear from are the people that we've got on the podcast coming up. So in a couple of weeks, we'll be hearing from, uh, send me some information you want to hear about electric vehicle conversions for Volkswagens because I've got the guys from EV West coming on the podcast. i got Michael coming on. Um, I've got uh, more podcasts dropping next week. Man, there's so much good stuff. I just can't tell it all to you guys. But what you guys can do if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you go on letstalkdubs.com, go to the store. Buy some merch, support the podcast. I should have a new shirt design out in about one week. So in one week, I'll have a new shirt design. Hope you guys will dig it. Just trying to figure out the best looking shirt design put out there on the street. See what you guys like. Even if you want to be a, a mild supporter, go on, buy a sticker pack. They're only five bucks. Uh, support the podcast so we keep this thing going. So all the questions you guys wanted to know about the new VW bus coming up right now. We're about to kick it off with Chris Baker from Classic Steel Bodies out of Delaware, Ohio. See ya. Hey everyone, on today's podcast, we've got the big buzz that's been all through the VW scene that everybody's seen broken loose here last uh, 30 days or so, that we've seen Classic Steel Bodies come out with a VW bus chassis. And today's podcast, I have Chris Baker, uh, the owner of Classic Steel Body, and he is here on the podcast today. They're out of Delaware, Ohio, and we've got him on the talk about this new VW bus chassis that's being built and sold here in the United States. So uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, Chris, so uh, this thing's been kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> I probably don't need to tell you this. Uh, a lot of people that, you know, I know when I saw it, I was taken back at first and thought, holy cow, you can buy a whole bus chassis. So first question that I have, what made you decide to take on this endeavor of building a new VW bus chassis? It's kind of a convoluted story of how I got to where I'm at, but I've been in the automotive restoration and performance realm uh for over two decades and we do a lot of marketing and advertising for companies that's kind of the bread and butter of what i've done most of those years and uh one of my clients is a uh a sheet metal distributor out of the dallas area and i've helped a lot of his other clients that build bodies for muscle cars uh-huh so Camaros and, and Novas and Tri-5s. So I've been working with him on some Chevrolet truck cabs and beds. And the Volkswagen thing kind of fell into my lap. Um, you know, he had all the metal. And I said, well, we should build a body. And uh, he said, well, go ahead. Let's do it. Really? So... That's kind of how I, I, I fell into that. And so the company 
that that your work that you're working with in in doing this type of stuff they've got a there's a history of production that they've built manufacture specification replacement panels and whatnot forever yeah so the the place in texas is called golden star mm-hmm. uh, classic auto parts and they've been in business about 15 years they've been in the sheet metal business for about 30 years um the owner paul uh is from is from taiwan and uh so he when he was a younger guy, he used to work at the factory in Taiwan where all this stuff is made. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the factory in Taiwan and, and seen the processes and, and, you know, these factories in Taiwan, they make about 95% of the metal that's available for any of this restoration stuff in the market today. And they've really come mm-hmm. a, you know, they really come a long ways in the quality and the fitment a lot better than they were even 10 years ago. So all of the panels on this bus were completely retooled, which is expensive. Yeah. Um, They've got about $2 million in retooling this thing in about two years worth of time. So there's a lot of momentum that's been slowly building behind these buses and the panels. Um, And now we're finally getting to the point where the momentum is going to start swinging the other way, which is going to be great for the market. Sure. Well, you know, and, and that's an interesting topic we're going to talk about in a little bit in, in, in respect to how it's going to impact the market, whether it's going to be negative or positive. Um, you know, but you know, so my questions in regards to this, so, so the company, so the panels themselves are manufactured, they're, they're restamped and all that stuff at a factory in Taiwan. And Correct. in regards to quality of sheet metal and steel, What's the factory gauge specification? Is, it, is I thought the factory gauge specification was like eight. Is it eighteen or twenty gauge? Uh, it's usually eighteen. Okay. Um, sometimes they'll go a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Just depends on the part, but it's always at least OE thickness. Now, there's been a lot in lately in the in the body and remanufacturing process, and and I just recently saw some work done on a bus. You know, you've got the guy that makes the funky green panels in Colombia, and then. Uh, you know, you've got a bunch of different parts and pieces and, and depending on who you get your part and piece from, they may or may not fit really accurately. So my question starts with when you're coming up with this concept of we're going to remake a bus, how do you go about making the tooling? And is it literally you sacrifice a bus to make the tooling? I mean, how does this all come about? Because that, that takes us into how accurately if I buy your shell, will a stock VW bus door fit right in the hole without any funky modifications? I mean, the factory, these things, they'd stamp them, they'd weld them, they'd run them through the production line, and they'd bolt doors on, and they'd do all that kind of stuff, minor adjustment, but things would fit pretty accurately. Um, how, how do you get it to that precise of a specification? So this is an interesting topic because uh, I've been, when I was in Taiwan, you know, I was just another hot rodder like the, like the rest of us and didn't really understand the processes of how this is done. But in this particular factory, which is the largest group of factories in Taiwan, they actually they do sacrifice a vehicle mm-hmm. and it's a complete vehicle and they make plaster molds of all the panels on the vehicle and then again off of the vehicle. And the reason they do that is because when you take a panel off, especially a large panel, it will flex. Yeah, get distorted. So, right, it gets distorted. So they make the two and then compare the two and then scan those. And and then with the computer, they make it the precise fit that it should. And a lot of times, it isn't always the first time. You know, they go back and refit the thing on the original vehicle. And they, in this particular case, and in a lot of the other uh, vehicles that they make panels for, they really try to come as close as they can to OE fit because they want their, you know, if you have a bus and it's got the doors are rotted on it, they want you to be able to take their doors and bolt them on and it fits just like the OE ones did. Right. Now I'll have the same conversation that we've had with muscle car and truck guys and gals is, uh, you know, a lot of times when they built these vehicles decades ago, they didn't expect them to be show vehicles. So a lot of the get body gaps and fitments 
weren't what we expect today in a show vehicle. Sure. And and with a lot of twists in the chassis and who you know you don't know the history of your vehicle. Oh yeah, no. What, I, I remember the the Cyclone, the GMC Cyclone. It had that body cladding on the front, and no matter how many of them you look at, that front body cladding gapped off the body. It was like a fiberglass cladding or an ABS cladding, but it gapped off the body about an about a half an inch, and it looked terrible. But that was factory. Like that's that's how they came off the showroom floor. So that that's interesting how you know and we understand that the expectation today is much higher than it was in the 60s like you were happy to have a running car in the 60s you know so taking that into consideration now and i and i think there's a room of tolerance there that should be anticipated that if you're building it to factory specifications everything should fit within the factory now a lot of people are now building volkswagens to mercedes-benz quality because of the price, right. you know, because of what it takes to do it. But, you know, on this process that you guys are going through, if I took your shell and grabbed a door off a bus, it bolts right onto your shell, no issues. I right. Mean, within tolerance. Correct. Because I almost think that it should be in respect easier today to manage the tolerances compared to the technology they had in 1964, 1959, you know? That's correct. And, 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 That's correct. and in my head, I'm, you know, in my head, I'm visualizing all the factory videos of like, you know, the roof panels coming down and meeting the body and getting tack welded in place, you know, by two guys on the side of the, on the side of the bus, just zap, 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 zap. And it just kind of goes through production and, it, and it, it almost looks haphazardly the way that they're building them but they seem to come out they, they had a process where everything was super consistent is this is this factory that's back doing now the factory's making the panels and they're welded here in the states or how does this all come together is the whole thing there and they get shipped here so the panels are made in taiwan and then they're shipped here to, to us in ohio and then we assemble the bus body here in ohio and we've got a group of guys um each one of them has 10 to 15 years minimum experience in restoration. And my two lead guys both have almost 30 years of each uh, of experience in the restoration business. So, and we build, we've got two jigs that we've built just for these buses. And we tried, you know, we have a factory bus uh, sitting right next to it. And so that we, this jig is built so that when we assemble these panels, it's just like an original bus. It's pretty, pretty complex jig that we use when we build these. Oh, I can, I can only imagine because this thing is layers on top of layers. I mean, you've got yes. inner structures and outer structures. And I mean, my head starts spinning when I think, how are you making that door gem? And you're putting in the little sliding insert for the, for the door striker. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know. It is. It's like, it's like a cake. There's multiple layers. I'm looking at what we have here, and I'm seeing the way that the body is marketed here. So essentially, it's made in America. Now, the panels are made overseas in Taiwan, and that's going to be, I mean, the reality is based on the the dollar value difference between here and there and their ability to produce and turn things around. And cost-wise, good quality steel shipped to a factory that does this, and they already like this isn't their first rodeo. It's what they do. Exactly. You know, so... Um, so we're talking about a company that's got, uh, got history in, in good quality and reputation of building good quality parts and pieces. That's correct. And I, you hear, you know, some people go, oh man, the stuff's made overseas. Well, the reality is, <laughs> Welcome. is a lot of the stuff is made overseas. And like I said before, about 95% of the panels that you see in any restoration uh, of any vehicle, a classic vehicle are made in Taiwan. Taiwan has begun to become the leader of the uh, and become known as quality when, when it comes to that. And the other thing to keep in mind is I always use this example, like on a 69 Camaro, let's say, let's use the front fender, for example. There may be four or five different molds that make that fender, but some of those molds may be 40 years old. Some of them may be 20 years old and some of them may be a year old and the newer they get, the better quality you get. Yeah. They're not, all so, they're not all stamped to death. Right. And, and years ago they, they weren't concerned about the creases in the fit and how the curvature was. And today 
it's gotten a lot more advanced and our expectations are higher. So they pay a lot more attention to that when they're making the molds today. Yeah, because the, the consumer demand has increased quite a bit. I noticed that there's they're all uh, they're all bench seat buses, no walkthroughs. We have walkthrough available. Uh, that'll be coming before the end of the year. But as of right now, I mean, for from production standpoint, you're doing bench seat bus front, and then I mean, if you guys are making them here, because I that's the thing I was looking. at. I'm like, how I'm trying to wrap my mind around how this is all coming together because I'm looking at this going, okay, so I'm looking at the bodies. And you can pick what your body you want. Like that's another layer of complication because of the minute differences between 55 through 59, you know. Right. And so, but you've got it broken down where you can get them all. And I guess since you're making the parts and panels here, I'm assuming the roof structure is the same from 55, from 55, 56 up to, you know, 63, 64. It's going to be the same roof structure. Your cargo doors are going to be the same. Um, but you're going to have, you're going to have the different intricacies of, you've got the back door. Well, it looks like based on what I'm seeing here, you're doing up to 67 and which requires wider back door, bigger deck lid. And that's right. when they limited the quarter, the corner window. So, and because of that, you guys are able to pretty much make any year somebody has. So that's, I mean, now that I understand the process of all the parts and pieces being shipped to your organization, now it makes sense how you can put the piece. I mean, if you've got the basic core jig together, everything else, you know, A plus B equals C and those things come together and they should if there's consistency in the production of the parts and pieces. Right. Someone sees a bus like this, now the, their next natural question is going to say, um, when I get this bus shell for 17000 bucks." how straight is the long side of that panel when it's put together? Yeah, it's it's as straight as you're going to get. I mean, that sounds generic, but it's going to be extremely straight. Um, you know, the guys that, that we have on this team that are building these here, they've been in that on that body side for decades. Mm -hmm. So they know what the guy on the other side is going to get and what he's going to expect. And are, we try to save him time. Now we don't put any filler in the bus. We don't. The bus is all completely uh, weld through primer, so it is already primered. But mm -hmm. um, we try to do as much of that work as we can and and give the bus to you so you can see what you're getting without adding filler and any of that stuff. Because it's gonna, you know, where some of the welds are and yeah, uh, that's and that's obvious. But I mean, I'm looking at the long side, right? I'm looking at the picture of the long side on your website here, and. Right. For those of you at home following along on the podcast, the website is classicsteelbody.com where you guys can follow along with this. And don't forget, if you contact them, let them know you heard them on Let's Talk Dubs. Um, but I'm looking at the the long side here. And so are you guys using panel bond on the inside of that? You're not welding it through? Or was it factory welded through then they body worked it? Because they would obviously body work these things at the factory. Right, right. So is there a little bit of merger of modern technology and older technology? Yes, yes, exactly. And we know that when we ship these, we're, uh, the customer is looking for the least amount of body work. Obviously, that's the whole reason that we're doing this. Right. So you can. there's a couple pictures in there you can kind of see where the inner structure is that holds that longer panel and uh, similar to what the, what the, exactly like what the OE had. From the pictures, it looks too good to be true. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, something... And I started thinking about the the company out of Texas was what was it when uh, Fast and Furious came out? It was a company called, I think it was like Unique Motorsports or something like that, where they ended up starting to build the cars. They started off with good intentions to build these cars, and then they ended up taking like you know twenty million dollars in deposits, and then they vanished or something like that. But uh, um, it, it no, we have. I mean, you're seeing pictures of an actual bus that's been built. This was our prototype that we used <clears throat> for marketing and to get our, our first jig built. Yeah. Um, but we're not, I say we, I mean Golden Star and myself, we're not new to the market. We've got a lot of other people that have been building Camaro bodies and tri bodies and Mustang bodies and truck bodies for years, decades. So this, this concept of the bus, as far as from our end, isn't new. Yeah, and I understand that I, you know, in, in the market it is, but for us it's not. Sure, you guys do this with the fastbacks and the Camaros and all that stuff. 
So right. for this, it's like no big deal. It's just, it was just the process to do this. Cause I mean, I would think that a Camaro would be pretty similar and a Mustang because they're both subframe cars, just like the bus is. So right. you can't just build the pieces that bolt together. There's an actual, and that's why you sell it the way you sell it, because th- this is the raw structure you need to have together to complete the purchase. Now, just out of curiosity, any reason why that that left uh, passenger rear quarter is not attached on the bus, or is it just that a- was just for display, just for display, okay, yep, so people could see easily see inside the bus. Okay, so when when you order it, do you get all the the passenger rear quarter panel as well? That's that's in place with the back window. Yeah, so for the seventeen thousand, that panel comes with the bus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the $25,000 version comes with all the doors, the front panel, and the rear door. Oh, so you can actually buy the whole steel body altogether. Yep. Now, you leave in, in the picture here, you leave that rear section out, um, the, the rear package tray that comes up over the engine compartment. That's Yeah, the package tray and the air box at the time we built that bus, we're not quite ready, and they'll actually be ready in about thirty days. So you'll so will that be completing part of the part of the um, yes the build that people get? So it comes with the rear package tray, which is, includes the engine compartment and all that stuff welded in yep. place. Okay, yep. and we've got the airbox too, which, from what I understand, I think we're the only ones that have that. Oh, you're talking about the front cold air, the front, the VW air conditioner? (laughs) Yeah. What is your, do you have a VW connection? I mean, are you, are you a VW enthusiast or was this something that you saw a need in the market and you thought, Hey man, nobody's providing this. This is what I do. And maybe nobody in the VW world wants to do this. This is my business. I'll bring it to the VW market. I was a little both. I mean, I've owned three or four Beatles myself. Yeah but I have not owned a bus before, but I'm in the business of marketing and I'm in the business in the automotive business and I'm in the business of building bodies. I mean, I also, we also build truck cabs and truck beds and Bronco bodies. So this isn't our first body at Classic Steel. So it was just an opportunity. I'm an all around enthusiast. Hey, likewise. So, so I'm a, I'm a business part businessman, but a lot of enthusiasts too. So, I'm excited about it. I think that it's going to be really good for not only Golden Star and the guys in Taiwan because they want to sell a lot of metal, but sure. I think it's going to be more importantly good for the hobby in all of the different businesses and all of the different enthusiasts that are within that hobby. One more question about the picture I'm looking at here. There, there's no nose skin on there in front window frames. For the 17,000, do you get the nose skin and the front window frames, or is that separate pieces you have to buy and put in? Those are those are separate. Those are included with the $25,000 version. Okay, so 25,000 closes it up. 17 yes. gets you what you got. And if you've got a bus that, let's say, you bought, this is a friend of mine has a shop, and someone just picked up a they shipped in a Brazilian bus. They thought they were a few miles ahead and they bought a Brazilian 23 window for 30 grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen the Brazilian ones, but they are yep. funky. I mean like yep. it, it's almost like it's almost like what you would envision theoretically coming from quote unquote Taiwan, but it's out right. of Brazil cuz you know the perception and maybe Taiwan got a bad rap because it, what's funny is a lot of people don't realize you can't put your arm out and turn around in any place you are and not hit something that's made there probably in your in your day-to-day life. And those buses out of Brazil are just super funky. And this to me is like, hey, if you if you bought a 21 window or 23 window and it's rotted to death, here's here's you're gonna spend 25 grand one way or another. Right. And and now it's just like, do I want to enjoy this with my kids or my grandkids? It's kind of Yep. I think that's the I think that's the question you ask yourself when you're looking to spend this money because you know I've I'm an enthusiast. I'm a multi-car enthusiast. My main core love is Volkswagens, but I've also got Buick Rivieras and Corvairs and you know Typhoon Cyclones. I've, I've had all kinds of stuff. And you know, I I look at I look at this this here and think to myself, 
well, if I'm a guy and I don't and I don't have a hundred grand to build one, and I can do some things myself, and I'm not, because that's that's kind of the rationale you start to get to when these things start hitting six figures. You you think to yourself, well, okay, you know, it's the same thing with the fastback Mustang. Any fastback Mustang you find on Craigslist is thirty thousand dollars. Are they yeah. worth thirty thousand dollars? Probably not. Have they been pushed there because of the market and the demand and the movies and all that stuff? Yes. Yep. And so you're better off spending. I'd rather spend personally thirty grand on perfect brand new metal if you're going to build something that's going to cost you a hundred anyway. You might as well start with really good quality everything else to begin with because you never know what you're going to get. You take that bus you just bought for thirty grand of the blaster because you stole a twenty three window for thirty grand. You take it to the blaster and they hand you back a door handle. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me, because I've been on that end of it, you know, where it's like, all right, this is a good deal. Let's do this right. And then you start shooting off all the work that people have done. So I think it's, you know, I'm impressed with what I see here. I'd love to see one in person. And I, I know last week you were at a show in, uh, you're at a good guy show. What was your yeah. feedback on it? Because I don't know how in-depth you've been or, or connected to the VW scene per se, Um but it's different. I can tell you as a, as a multi-car enthusiast, the VW scene is really, really different. And it's different from the standpoint of um, their, uh, it, it's just its own unique group. And so since you're at the good guys, what kind of feedback did you get on this at the good guys events? And did you run into VW enthusiasts there? Well, I was at good guys for a different reason. Oh, okay. So you weren't, you weren't there marketing the bus. No, I was not there marketing the bus, but we have had the bus at uh, Mid America's Fun Fest. That's really the only place we've had it because it's been fairly new. Now, you br- uh, are you bringing later- it to my to my hometown of SEMA, right here in Las Vegas? Are you going to bring it to SEMA? SEMA's in the has been in the talks. It's in the works. Um, we've also we're also going to do some West Coast shows next early next year and some shows down south in Florida and along the coast next year just because i think the market is a little hotter out there and there's some there's some pretty good quality shows in both of those areas yeah um and we're gonna we'll bring a complete bus with the front panels and the doors and and one like you see we'll probably have two of them so you can see the inner workings and then a finished piece but you're you're right i mean the little bit of experience that i've had at the show and at Fun Fest, it's a different, they're a different group, um, but they're all hot riders. I mean, they all think the same way um, a muscle car collector does too, in a lot of ways. There's some ways they're different, but you know, there was the biggest response that I got when I was there was thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for giving us attention. And that's, that, that's fantastic. We, we feel great about that. No, that's, it, it, it is, it is great because other than Gerson, who really went out of his way, he's an enthusiast, and Gerson went out and started having the panels made in Colombia um, and some things to that extent. I mean, until then, there was, like, literally nothing. And, I, well, there was some things. There was, like, J.C. Whitney stuff, and that stuff fits as good as a bottle cap. You know, I mean, it's like, right. it, it, it's 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 warped, it's thin, it's wrong, it's long, it's short, it's it's curled. You know, it's the, you well, you know, you're in the steel body business. You know what, what kind of garbage there is out there. And... The VW, it's, I said this on my last podcast, VWs are as American as apple pie. Yeah, there I is, agree. There, there is no one out there, in my opinion, in my, 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 in, in my summization that, that can deny or dispute the fact that, that they don't have a VW connection. If I take my 65 Riviera out, I'm at the gas pump, people are like, oh, that's cool, my grandpa had one, or oh, my, my, you know, whatever, whatever. Anytime I'm in my bus or my bug or any of my stuff that I'm out there in, everyone has a personal connection with a Volkswagen. You know, they, they were on a road trip. They had, it was their first car. Like, everybody's got a connection. So I think it's, you know, I think it could be a, a great hit. I'm, I'm really appreciating the backstory of your history and, and where this is coming from because, you know, that's the first fear that I have, you know. It's the same fear that I have when you start seeing there people that are just buying buses and making fake 21 and 23s for the purpose to sell them, you know. Um, it, it's one thing if someone, if someone does that on a personal hobby and they're customizing their car, doing whatever. But if you're doing it to market it and sell it, my fear then comes from on the car collectability side, 
that it'll start to dilute the quality of the market. The, the collectors that have the money will pull back from the market. The value will plummet on those vehicles. And it's kind of a, it, it's kind of a, a, a finicky thing in respect to the values. You know, I, I personally, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but it is my podcast. So these people can deal with it. But I personally sold one of my Volkswagens for world record money for that type of vehicle. So I had a, uh, a type 34 Gia and they're really, uh, when I restored mine, did it kind of resto custom, I, you know, I'm a typical hardcore car enthusiast and I instantly went into the more money than brains category and went way, it was over restored. Okay. Okay. And so, I mean, this was, this was as hot rod. This was as Troy Trepanier. This was as high end of VW as you could get in the VW world. In other words, you know, 2.6 liter, five speed transmission, MoTeC fuel injection, push button start, but still, still remaining in that realm. But once I did that, as soon as I sold that car, so I sold the car for about $70,000. Restored value, they were going for about $35,000. The day after I sold it, before I sold mine, I was on, I was online looking at another one to buy for about 10 grand. The next day it's gone. After that, I've only seen them online for 30,000 and over for total beaters. And because in my opinion, they were really undervalued because of the production numbers. And maybe that kind of added some emphasis, but but when we see changes like this in the market, it has an effect on the value of things where now it's made it worth it for someone like you to put the time, effort, and energy to build a chassis because most people think you're crazy if you think you're going to get $17,000 for the chassis of a VW bus. But because the market's changed, people are paying well over this amount and they're getting some hacked in job that's garbage or something that's a bondo fest or whatever. So I'm, yep. I'm excited that for, for if, if everything I'm hearing from you is, is, is the truth, then I'm really excited about it because you've got the experience in building the panels. You've, you guys have already cut your teeth on the Camaros, the Chevelles, the, all that kind of stuff and have dealt with, you know, bringing something to market that, wasn't the way it should be by the enthusiast and by having that experience it leads me to believe that you have the backstory of like if we're going to release this we need to release it correctly like it needs the parts need to fit everything right. needs to work and we need to have happy customers because this is a self-selling product everybody wants a 21 23 window you know right people are wanting buses like like crazy so i think it's uh, I'm excited. I'm interested to see how it will fare in the market. And then there's still bo- still body, still paint, still all that stuff. But because of the scarcity of these vehicles and availability, it's it's tough to find them. So I, I think the I think the price point you're you're in the sweet spot. And by no means am I any expert, <laughs> but I mean I'm only giving you my input from an outsider's perspective, looking in and looking at it from a realistic standpoint of who your buyer is. I I, I think there's a huge market for this. I'm excited because by proxy of you building this, there's going to be many, many, many other panels available for sale. I mean, one of the most popular things people did was cut out the bulkhead so that they could make it a party bus and put a swivel seat in there and and do whatever. I mean, I can't tell you how many buses I've seen with that cut out or the rear engine compartment hacked out to fit a Corvair motor in it. I'm I'm seeing a similar trend with the, the, interest within the market so when the camaro bodies came out and the tri-5 bodies came out it kind of rejuvenated that market because now all of a sudden there's this new interest wow look at this i can build this brand new i've always wanted one of those yeah i'm not mechanical but now i can have one built and what that does is it drives a lot of aftermarket addition more aftermarket products for the same vehicle and I think we're going to see that in the next couple of years. You'll start to see more people going in and making parts for the bus now that this body is available. I mean, we've got – we didn't just do the metal, but we did, like, the seat and the steering column and the steering wheel and – Oh, really? You guys getting, are manufacturing all that stuff because I'm looking at your website. Yeah. So we've got – the other thing we're, we're doing is uh, we listened – we're starting to establish a network of dealers because we've got a lot of shops that have come to us that want to buy these and build them for customers. 
Yeah. So one of the things we heard was on the, those front wheel houses, when they lower the bus, they like to make those, they like to make those a couple inches taller, you know, anywhere from two to four inches. I, cut it, make I it just did that to my bus. <laughs> so we're going to, so the way I th- compare it to would be like a Camaro. If you're going to have it tubbed. Absolutely. In the rear. Same thing. So we're going to offer the wheelhouse with, um, I think it was either two or three inch heights so that you can buy that panel separately from us. So it's already done or we'll add it to the bus when you order it. Well, that's, uh, that, that was, that was the direction I was going next because I'm sitting here looking at, you know, at, at my bus on the stuff that I do. And I was thinking, all right, so, you know, what about tubbing it? Because everybody that's building people that are building them custom, you know, they're doing the airbag suspension. They're, they're trying to lower the bus. And the biggest issue you have with the bus is you're sitting over the front wheels. As soon as you start pushing those front wheels, the only room that we have to make that go away is taking it out of the seat cushion. Because you're already, if you're six foot tall, you're pushing your limits looking out of the front of a bus on a fully padded seat. So a lot of us thin the seats out, try to get the padding as thin as possible so we're at a regular height view. But if you start pushing that fender well up, then you're pushing yourself up. So the distance of the seat is really what you have to, to bring that to bring that down. Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is interesting because a lot of people, like I said, I literally just did that to my bus. <laughs> Uh, about a month ago and and we're working on uh, we have the single cab trucks right now I saw that we we do not have uh, the double cab at this point but there seems to be enough interest in that 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 my guess would be that's coming soon double cabs are way more desirable from a desirability standpoint I mean you can I can trade a double cab for a 23 window because people with 23 windows are like, I want a double cab, you know, because just wow. because of the truck, how cool they are. I mean, you'll get people that'll, that you'll find those trades uh, that want to do that kind of stuff. But I mean, there's, I mean, the crazy part with, with the flexibility the VW bus had, the possibilities with the core chassis are endless. I mean, Volkswagen actually had from 64 on, you could do a slider door on that split window bus. They actually, right. they actually had slider doors. They had dual slider doors. I mean, they had so many funky little options that they did that were so cool that make these so customizable. I think you got a great thing here. If your build quality is what you say it is, it'll be a huge success. You know, because as but then again, you know the same thing from the from the Camaro scene. If you bring garbage to the market, you're going to get eaten alive by the people because now because yep. of forum boards. I mean, you know, you're into marketing, so you know right now if 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 you're if you don't come out to market with something that's at least factory quality or possibly a little bit better, then then it just it'll sell itself to that extent. If that if that yep. makes any sense, but you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yep. You know, we live in a different a different day and age now in marketing where. Uh, you can be made and broken on the internet. Correct. You know, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it come out here to the West Coast. I'm I'm based out here in Las Vegas. So uh, if you're ever out here in Vegas, uh, I'd love for you to look me up and see if we can't uh, take a look at this thing and do a, do a video with a walk by and kind of go through and just go look at all the details. Because yeah. So now on your bus doors, like the bus doors you sell, the cargo doors. If I buy the now, you have both high hinge and low hinge doors. Yes. And if I buy your door, it's spot on the factory. I should yes. I should have an expectation of equal factory quality, if not Absolutely. You know, modern day yep. technology may be a little bit better in respect to, you know, it's brand new and there's no rust and it's not falling apart. Absolutely. Now on your outriggers and stuff underneath, on the inside of those pieces of sheet metal, um, are they already pre-primered inside so that they that, that, or with any kind of rust inhibitor or anything like that for those guys that are going to be building these cars and driving them on the East Coast and down South? Yes. Yeah, the inside of that's already treated with that same weld-through primer that's on here now So before the rest of the bus. Before any of the parts or pieces come together, it's weld-through primer on everything. Yep. Man, you got I'm, I, and you got new hinges. You got new hinges. <laughs> and, the, and we've got more stuff coming. We've probably got... 50 or 60 other parts that are still coming that are not on the, well, they're on the site, but they're hidden just because they're not, they're not on shore yet. If you know what I mean? 
you always want to uh, under promise and over deliver, you know? So, right. No, that's, uh, this is fantastic, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I got you on the podcast so that we can talk about this and, uh, and get these questions. So now let's move to the question of, um, registration. So, so, so you've got experience in this. You've got way more experience than I do. I buy your Mm -hmm. chassis. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? How am I titling this thing? That comes up frequently. That's one of the most frequently asked questions we have. And it's kind of the same question that it's the same answer that we give people when they have uh, an American muscle car or truck. It really varies by state. Mm -hmm. And um, some states you can register it as a 1960 Volkswagen bus. Some states it's, it's registered as an assembled vehicle. Now, if you have like what you talked about, a, a rusted out vehicle, and you've got a, uh, a title and you've got your VIN, um, you can use that on one of our buses. But it really depends on the state. And that's really more of a state-specific law because realistically, if you saw if you saws all the thing down to the chassis and welded every new part and piece back on, what's the difference between that process or cutting the section out and welding it into this body? Right. You know, I mean, I think it's still just one vehicle. And, and I guess those would be the particulars state by state, which would really, uh, so now let's talk Turkey here. What's the best state to make this happen? Because I know, <laughs> I know for, for vehicles, like I, my bus, my, my bull run bus, that bus in particular, when I purchased it, it had no title. Uh, the lady I bought it from, she lived in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. She didn't have the title. It was her sat on a property for 30 years she sold it to me, gave me a bill of sale, and then I filed with a title, a title service, quote unquote, and all they did was register it in like New Hampshire or you know somewhere up in the Northeast where they don't use titles. Right. And I was sent registration, all that kind of stuff. From your experience, what are some of the easier states to work with that may make it easier for you to make this transition? Ultimately, I think at the end of the day. Everybody is going to want their chassis registered as the year, type, and style that it that they're setting out to put back on the road. You know, right? And so, it, any states that you know of that are a little easier to work with, or any title services out there that you could, you know, recommend that you would say, you know, check with these guys. They they really got a good handle on this kind of stuff. Anything like that? My response to that would be. Do what you're supposed to do and do it legally. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, no, without question. Without question. But, yeah. But I, I will say that the, the SEMA Action Network has done a really extensive, very good job of working with each state to making sure that gets done. And we have a link on our website that says how to register. And you click on that link, and it'll take you to the SEMA Action Network's website, and you can – look up all the laws by state yeah i'm looking at it right now they give you no that's that that, that's super handy and that's great to have here rebuilt vehicle i I don't i don't have a suggestion on a particular state to work with or anything I, i that's not something that i would feel comfortable recommending sure because yeah nope no i get it i get it it's up to each owner how they want to do it and you know the shop working with the owner that's that's kind of up to them but this would answer uh, any questions that you would have, but I think. Uh, yeah. And I'll put a link to that on our website. I'll put a link to that on our website and our blog as we discuss this. Cause I, I normally do. Uh, and, and I'll have a link to it down in the details of the podcast. You'll be able to go down there in the show notes and click on that. And it'll take you to those links, take you to uh classic, uh, classic steel bodies website. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's an, un, an unbelievable resource. And that's just a resource from the SEMA action network. So, if everybody has an opportunity to support the SEMA Action Network, make sure you guys do that because they're the ones that fight for all of us out there that are doing this automotive thing, making it less difficult for us to go through when they come up with all these erroneous laws that make it challenging for us to go through our hobby in a regular, you know, in, in a regular way. So, man, I'm, uh, you know, Chris, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I, so far, I'm impressed. I'm looking forward to seeing a body to kind of seeing what's out there. I'd love to see a video on your website. Uh, I don't know if you have a video out there um, of the process of these things being put together, but uh, I think that would be really cool to see something like that. Uh, I, 
I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot more products, a lot more pieces coming out. And I definitely, as things are coming to market, I'd love to have you back on the podcast and talk about whatever else you're going to have coming out, especially when that double cab's coming out. Um, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to chat about that as well. All right. That sounds great. I think, um, you know, we'll have quite a few parts coming out in the next 30 to 60 days. And that's, that should be just about everything. And, uh, you'll see a lot more marketing and advertising behind this project start to take shape before the end of the year. Well, and, and so let me ask you this question. Since you, you told me, you've expressed me that you, your main business is marketing and advertising for, for, for the automotive industry. Yes. Based on which to me seems like minimal marketing that you've done thus far. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Minimal amount. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm being serious. I am a couple yeah. of little blurbs. What kind of feedback have you gotten on this? Cause I, cause I, on the VW scene, it exploded soon as this thing, because of Instagram and all this stuff, soon as this thing came out, I was like, bang, we did a podcast on it. And I said, I'm going to get these guys on the podcast, find out what this thing's all about. Um, but, uh, what kind Wait. of traffic and what kind of stuff did you get that reinforced that, that reinforced to you that there's a huge demand for this? The way I equate it is we took this thing and it's, it's, I'm not diminishing fun fest, but we took this bus to the middle of Illinois yep. and it was like lighting a match. And I'm not kidding you within 30 days, the forest was on fire. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy and it's not just people in the U S you know, Volkswagen's global. So we're hearing from people all over Europe. Uh, Australia, Mexico, South America. It's, it's crazy. Oh, you, crazy. I, I, well, I can tell you right now, you're being listened to in 62 countries. This podcast is downloaded in 62 countries. And I think what a lot of people, remember we're talking about an American icon, the Volkswagen, which is a German car, but we see it here as part of kind of our, our country. It was part of a movement, all this stuff. But what makes us so different than, Camaros and Mustangs, which is the most popular cars that people maybe know in Europe, Volkswagens are like, I mean, when you see the world, the world economy you have behind this, it's nuts, man. I mean, VW did had, VW had the complete knockdown plants in, you know, Australia, in, in uh, Brazil and all these different locations. And so VWs have been a staple vehicle around the world. And now with digital marketing, Instagram, you know, you put a picture out there and it's seen all around the world in 15 minutes and now it creates this crazy demand. So that should be the interesting aspect that it, it, in respect to producing these things because I don't know if it's viable to build one. It may be to build one here and ship it, cargo ship it to, you know, New Zealand or wherever it's got to go to. It's in the it's in the $3,000-ish range to ship it to Australia or Europe. Yeah, so, um, but it's but a possibility. We, it's a possibility that, that you would ship directly from where you're at, put them in containers yep. and ship them out. Oh, yeah. No. Yep. So were you surprised at how big the demand, like how global the demand is for VW stuff? Well, people had told us that this was going to be a big deal, and we went, okay. And then we got back from the show, and we went, wow, this is a big deal. Um but what, what caught me off guard was, me personally, was the global interest because I've been so involved with the American muscle car and truck market, which is really, it's I wouldn't say it's 100% contained within the states, but it's, a lot of it is. It's 90. It's 90. I mean, you, you got a right. few guys a few guys building things in South America and some places in the hotbeds in Europe, but there's no guys. I mean, that's the crazy yeah, part. I'm not talking to guys in Europe about a C10 truck. Well, and, and what's funny when I, so when I, I was here, I had a car for sale and, um, I had some guys from Belgium were here in town looking at cars and I had a convertible Volkswagen. So a guy wanted to stop by, take a look at it for a friend of his. And then and that's what he does. He's a car. He buys and sells cars and all this stuff in Belgium. He comes to the States, buys them and ships them back. So I mm. said to him, I said, well, so Volkswagens, they're pretty big. And I've got friends in Belgium and the VW scene in Europe is pretty strong, but this right. guy just does classic cars. And he says, 
Only Camaro and Mustang. That's all they want in Europe. Only Camaro and Mustang because that's the only thing they know. They don't know mm. all the different. They don't know what a Nova is. They don't know any of that stuff. And you know, it's 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 just a testament to how to what a global, uh, what what a global vehicle the Volkswagen is. You know, so yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm I, I think <laughs> how many how many units were you? I mean, what's the what's the viability of something like this? Like when you set out to do this, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to make replacement replacement parts. A, that's where my bread and butter is going to be. And then as you're making the parts, you're like, well, why don't we just make a whole chassis? And you're like, if we're going to make a whole chassis, maybe I might sell ten thousand units. Is that what you're thinking? Like, well, maybe I could sell ten thousand of these things. When that's you, what we'd like. Well, I mean, all of our models are based off of American Muscle, so right. it's just, but it's completely different. The models are completely different. Um. And so my my question is the viability scale. When when you're making a quarter panel for an El Camino, what, mm-hmm. how many do you think you're going to sell to make it viable to make the panel? You know what I mean? Like that's a, I guess it's a hard question to answer because it's it's almost like you just got to make it and see how many you sell. I, I don't know. Well, I think in this particular case, and we you touched on this a little bit earlier, but and you've seen it with a Mustang Fastback and the first gen Camaros. When the, and now you're starting to see the C10 trucks when the oh, value yeah. goes above six figures. That's when the aftermarket starts to take notice. Yeah, and I think that's how they knew it was time for something like this to be done. Now, as far as the quantities, you know, they can run fifty pieces. They could run five thousand pieces. Um. You just tell them how many you, you, you guess. I mean, you guess based on your experience and your gut, and you go with it. But you guess, and then if you need, if it's starting to go and it's going fast, then you get back on the phone and you say, you know, do, let's do another run or let's double it. I need two hundred. <laughs> right. Yeah. So on the bodies, it was the same way. You know, we we weren't really sure what to expect, so we our initial thought was let's build two a week and see how that goes and then but now we're going and you can build two two bodies a week yes and how many how many bodies have you sold we'd like to well we'd like to get to four bodies a week if the demand is there we could do that um but these are built on a rotisserie that goes up in the air, kind of like a car lift, and then you can turn the thing over to get the welds on the bottom and all that stuff. Right now, we're in the in the early stages of production, so we're if you're if you've got interest and you want a body, they start shipping right before the end of the year. Very cool. Then so turn so turnaround time on them is just basically right now. You there could be some parts pieces you guys are waiting on to get complete bodies, and then. You, you get them welded together and then start shipping them out type deal. Right. So, you know, the, the half a dozen or the dozen to two dozen that we have uh, right now on order, those will be ready by the end of the year. And like, like you said, there's just, a, I said, there's an air box that we're waiting on. And I think one other piece, and then we can start full production but once we get the initial demand out of the way, it should be no more than 30 days. We should be able to, if you, by the time you place the order, we should have the thing ready. That's unbelievable. And and you've got a lot of inquiries on this so far? I mean, you've done yes. really minimal marketing and it's like trying to trace it back to where it came from because people just put a blurb on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever the case is. But um, what I'll be sending this podcast out this week and uh, – I'm sure, I'm sure it'll it'll send some waves through some things, and uh, I'd be interested to see where where you get by the end of the year as far as demand for this because I know I can t- I can think of five people that want one right now. Right and, now, yep. And uh, I mean, a friend of mine just had a bus built, started with a panel, and turned it into a twenty three window, and he was he was very, very close to six figures in building that car, starting with, you know, all that stuff. And he's about, he was about a year and a half into the time. If a guy gets a bus, a chassis like this completely put together, 
uh, it's basically prep, paint, and assemble. You're turning that time down from a year to six months, you know, yes. at least. So, and and you know, people that have the money, they want it today. Correct. They don't want to wait a year. They don't want to wait eighteen months. They want to give you the money and say, okay, how fast can you get this to me? And I think this just speeds up that process. And so the process right now, someone wants a bus. What's what's their process? What's their wait? What do they got to do to get in line? The best thing to do is to call us. Okay. And then we can go through and you can tell us which options you want. And we just, we have a small, it's just a thousand dollar deposit to hold your spot in line. And then once we start production of your bus, we'll call and say, okay, we would like the other half down. And then right before we ship the bus, we take the rest of the total amount and then it ships out within a week. And then how are you, sh- how are you shipping it? You got, you obviously have to ship it on a truck like an LTL or what? Yeah. So right. It ships in a steel frame. Um, so it's protected during shipping and it goes out truck freight and just wow. like, uh, just like the bodies for the muscle cars. It's very similar. Well, you're talking to VW people. They don't know. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, this is, I, I think, I think it, it's the good and the bad thing with the VW thing that it's been such a secluded market for so long because, you know, for, for it gives it that street cred, like, oh, no, man, it's, it's VW or it's nothing type thing. And then they're, the VW people are super, super finicky on people that get into the industry. It's the, the oddest thing. Um, oh, yeah, everybody wants, to, everybody wants to know a lot about you and a lot about your background and yeah. a lot about what you're doing. Yeah, no. Before they let you, before they let you in. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Versus like AMC guys, they're they're just happy somebody makes a headlight bezel for a javelin. They don't care if it's made <laughs> in Taiwan or on Mars. They're just glad. They're like, oh no, you only have to spend four hours refabricating it to fit, man. But man, it's spot on. But you know, there's there's different kinds of people that have different demands, and and I think uh, with this thing coming to market, with with your background and what we talked about, I mean. Uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So we said a thousand dollars. You got to give a thousand dollar deposit to hold your place in line, and then once you get into production, you'll probably be up to production. I would assume you're probably waiting on a few things to ship in, so you could completely produce something versus building seventy five percent of a bus and then doing it. And so yeah. right now, um, the other parts that are on your website are those mostly in stock and available. And the bus metal that you're making, how much of that bus metal have you guys sold? We sold we sold a specific number I couldn't tell you but it's a lot more than we were expecting. How and many anything units? Anything that is on our website mm-hmm. is in stock. Oh, so the bus quarter panels, top to bottom, those are in stock. Yep. Rocker panels, the bus nose skin. Yeah, that's here. We're ready to go. Okay, so nose skin, the wheel arcs, which everybody calls the I, dog legs. I think we placed an order for fifty of most pieces and we're getting ready to place another order um, yeah. for some of the pieces, not all of them. Yeah. And so the roof, you make the sunroof with and without the skylights. Correct. We also make a solid roof too. Okay, I saw that the solid roof would probably save somebody who's doing, who's doing a restoration. It's got a horrible roof, a whole lot. of. We headache. also, we also sell like a patch panel roof just for the front of the roof. Yeah. I see that. I'm, I'm looking at the website. It looks like you got a rear roof panel and a front roof panel. Yep. So it goes, looks like the back goes up about two feet, front goes back about three feet. So yeah, no, it looks, it looks, I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff, man. You've got, uh, you know, uh, so on the, on the roof section with the rag top cut in it, are the reinforcement rails on the inside? There's like an inner skin on that at this 995. Does that include the inner skin? You know, there's like uh, an inner support by the windows or is that a separate piece? Oh, I see. It's, it's a separate piece here. It's, there's no photo of it. That's why I'm not seeing it. Right. Okay, so right. another three two hundred fifty bucks you get that, so you're twelve hundred bucks all in. Now, can you ship that roof panel? Oh yeah. So you have no issues shipping that roof panel at all. No, I was actually in Taiwan when they were designing the packaging for the roof panels. Okay, but I mean, you you're shipping it, so you ship it right from your place. It comes crated, shows up at my door. I don't. Yep. I guess not UPS. It'd probably have to come by truck or something. Yeah, that particular piece would come truck. Yeah. And what's shipping take to do? What's what's the shipping cost someone expects to get on that? Uh, I don't remember exactly on the roof. It's a few hundred dollars to ship it, I'm, I'm yep. assuming. Okay. Yeah, it's just a truck freight charge, yep. 
Yeah. So, and these are all questions that people are going to, you know, I'm sure people go on the website and figure out, but you know, people like to listen to a podcast and get all that information. <laughs> yeah. So, well, shoot, man, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this thing roll out. Um, by all means, when that crew cap comes out, definitely reach out to us, give us a shot so we can get that to get some detail about the podcast. And, uh, I, I thank I thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate your time. And uh, anything else that you wanted to tell our listeners about about classic steel body? No, I, I I appreciate your time and helping us get the message out. And next time we're headed to the West Coast, we'll make sure we stop and uh, you can check out what we've got. And hopefully, we'll see most of your listeners at a show here soon. Oh, absolutely, you will. <laughs> and if they have any questions, they can call us and. Uh, we're, we're excited and uh, we're excited for the market. No, that's, that's awesome. And if, and if you guys want to reach out to them and check out what they got, go to classicsteelbody.com with no S, classicsteelbody.com. And you got all the bus metal, all those parts, pieces, and whatnot there. So, Chris, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate, uh, appreciate what you're doing for the hobby. And uh, keep, keep going at it because I, I think, you're, I think you, you're, you're tapped into something really good here. Oh, that's great to hear. I appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. Thanks.